0: Uh, morning everyone um, in case you didn't know my name's pully um, Kennedy asked me to preach last year and I just did it last week so <laughs> it's okay the Lord's got it <clears throat> so the name of uh, my sermon this morning is called um, the Peace of God and we're reading from the book of Philippians. Chapter four, verses six to seven. Give you guys a minute if you guys have Bibles or your phone or whatever. Philippians four, verses six to seven. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And all the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, um, as humans, we all have worries, and we all feel anxious at times. Whether over bills safety of our kids or even losing um, loved ones like standing up here makes me feel anxious and uh, I remember the first time I came up here a few years ago I felt like I was gonna have a panic attack now I'm just having a heart attack <laughs> but um, because we're all flawed humans we all feel anxiety there's you know, no one's a, is excused from anxiety or worries but the more we, um, the more we mature in Christ, the more we become anxiety-free. So anxiety is a is a thief. It steals your thoughts, it steals your confidence, and most importantly, it steals your joy. Then um, no one wants to live a life of anxiety or worry. So as we dive into these passages, my goal this morning is to make sure that you all fully understand what it means to have the peace of God now that peace of God that guards your hearts and your mind if you are still unsure after the sermon then see me at the back but um so Paul wrote the book of Philippians uh, during the time where he was suffering greatly Paul had planted the church of Philippi during his second missionary journey Probably around the year AD 49 or 50. Before he reached Philippi, he had been ministering in Asia. But then he received a vision of a man begging him to bring the gospel to Macedonia. In response to this vision, Paul sailed to Macedonia, making his way to Philippi. Now, Philippi is a Roman city in Macedonia. If you don't know where Macedonia is, it's, it's alright. I'm not sure where it is too, but it's it's in Europe, I, I think. Yep, Greece, modern day Greece, yes. So, uh, Paul is no stranger to suffering. The one thing about Paul is that uh, he was anchored in his theology, he did not waver, and he was assured of his salvation. He was a man that knew where he was going, regardless if he had died or not. Death never really faced Paul. As you can see in verse 6, Paul starts off with, Be anxious for nothing. Now, how many things did Paul say to be anxious over? Nothing. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) This is a strong command from Paul. It covers all areas in life health, wealth, your kids just everything Paul was saying do not worry but I want to highlight the difference between being worried and being concerned now being concerned is slightly different I think everyone should be concerned because it means that we are responsible for an example if there's a spider in your kids room you don't just pray to God and it goes away you're concerned you go and do something about it so um Yeah, there's a huge difference between being lazy and um, being anxious. So um, what Paul's talking about here is feeling the kind of worry that um, we feel so stressed out. We feel stressed out to the point um, we're not putting our trust in God, if that makes sense. Jesus talks about this kind of worry in Matthew 6:25. Uh, Matthew 6 verses 25 to 34. He says, "For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life, as to what you will eat, what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on them. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Verse twenty seven. And who of you being worried can add a single A single hour, sorry, to his life. Verse twenty eight. Why are you worried about clothing? Verse thirty four. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. So Jesus has pretty much told us four times in this passage, do not worry. How many of us worry about something that it's um stressing you out if you do how do we um fix this i remember i used to have um i used to have this really bad habit so my wife can vouch for this but i used to have this bad habit where i used to say um just don't worry about it so everything that happens if something was bothered me i would just say oh it's okay don't don't worry what i'm really saying is i don't care Is, is that what Paul is telling us to do? Just say, I don't care and things go away? I don't think so. The answer to that can be found in the very next one. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So let's put this together. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. We can see here Paul has contrasted nothing to everything. He's gone from zero to a hundred. Paul is saying, whatever is troubling your mind, stressing you out, rather than let it eat away at you, take it to the Lord and commit it to the Lord. Transfer it over to the Lord. Let the Lord take care of the situation. You know, this kind of world that we live in, it relies on everything but prayer. In God's kingdom, everything is done in prayer. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but in those passages we've just read, there are four requirements. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and request. I'm going to briefly touch on these so we can get a full understanding of what they are. Prayer. Prayer. Prayer is just a general word for our intercession, our deliberate communication with God. Supplication. It is when we earnestly seek his help. The Bible identifies supplication as a distinct way of seeking God. It signifies hunger and passion. It is an earnest request to God through prayer being specific in committing all your worries to God a good example of supplication can be found in Hebrews 5 verse 7 it says during the days of Jesus life on earth he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death and he was heard because of his reverent submission you can see here Jesus Jesus didn't do those quick prayers. You know the prayers that we do uh, before we eat. Thank you, Lord, for the food. Army. Um, you know those prayers? That's not the prayer that we're talking about here. This is this is a supplication. He's um, Jesus. <clears throat> he made supplication. He 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 poured out his heart in his prayer. And thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a huge part of prayer. Everyone here is familiar with thanksgiving and what it means to give thanks in prayer. Thanksgiving not only is an act of obedience, but is a sign of being grateful. Being grateful for what God has done in our lives and what he continues to do. Now, we don't give thanks to God just because we feel like it. How we feel doesn't dictate our giving thanks to God. Regardless of what's happening in our lives, we are to thank God for the good, the difficult, for the unknown, and even for the big decisions we're about to make. Now, maturity is built on times like these. And so prayer shows us our total need and dependence on God. I was... um chatting with a friend of mine from work a while ago and he's a, he's an atheist and he doesn't believe in God but um, he, he tells me that he enjoys praying before uh, eating and before he goes to bed um, I said to him politely if you don't believe in God, who are you praying to? There has to be God at the end of your prayer it's not a we're not talking in thin air here. You know, the power is not in the words, but the power is in the person behind it. It's God that grants us peace. Paul says, let your requests be made known to God. The word requests, it is in the plural. So that is referring to all your requests. What is weighing you down, what's stressing you out, and what is discouraging you in your walk. There is nothing too big for God. All of our issues that we have here is small. Verse 8 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, if you notice here, it says the peace of God not the peace of man there's a huge difference in John 14 27 it says Jesus says peace I leave with you my peace I give to you not as the world gives do I give to you do not let your heart be troubled nor let it be a feeble now the peace of God it can't be given from man this world the peace of this world is based on our circumstances and our surroundings for example let me explain let's say you woke up in the morning and um, you had a good sleep your your wife made you breakfast you um, it was a sunny day everything was going perfectly smooth you got to work and the boss gave you a pay rise see you will feel at peace now let's say you wake up late your wife didn't make you breakfast she was nagging you you were late to work and then you got fired see your peace has now been taken away from you that is not the peace that Jesus is talking about that is the peace of the world the peace of God is the peace that even if you go through those things you still have this inner peace inside when Paul was suffering, he still had peace. You know, when all the apostles went through their suffering, they still had the inner peace. It's totally different to what is happening out here. Hope that makes sense. Now, there are two reasons that Paul tells us believers to experience peace in our lives, and that's because. So there are two reasons why believers may not experience peace in our lives and that's because of our heart and our minds. Why does Paul say the peace that will guard your hearts and minds? Did you know that your heart and mind can be easily deceived? In Proverbs 4.23 the Bible says above all else guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. The heart of man is so deceitful and desperately wicked. And because we are so easily influenced by the world around us, our hearts need guarding. Although we have been given the Holy Spirit, we still have an old nature that we tend to battle with at time to time. So as for the mind, it is equally important that we guard our minds as well. You know, Satan, he likes to target our minds. And uh, it, it's his primary battlefield. He understands that if you can control the mind, you can control the body. Now, when we start to think stuff and overthink stuff and overthink stuff, and it hasn't happened yet, you're now heading in towards what Paul's talking about. This is um, where Satan is convincing you that your situation is hopeless. But Paul says in Colossians 3.2, Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. In other words, Paul is saying, put your focus on Christ. Keep your eyes on God. If you're unsure, measure your thoughts against the word of God. Oh, I can't believe it's closing already. I thought it was um, 20 minutes. <laughs> I'll try and drag it out, sorry guys. Before I finish, <laughs> I want to leave you with an encouragement. I think the kids stole some of the pages. <laughs> <laughs> if you are if you feeling anxious, worried or stressful... I want you guys to honestly commit it to the Lord. You know, through prayer, supplication, and requests, and uh, meditate on His Word. Uh, When we when we say meditate, this is not meditation. When you go like this and you sit in the corner of your room, that's not meditation. That is something else. That's meditation where you take your mind away from this world. The meditation we're talking about here is you put your mind in the Word. Do you understand? You engage your mind with the Word. You're not dreaming somewhere else and you're sleeping like this. That's not meditation. So I don't want anyone here to deceive themselves in thinking that, um, that peace is found in our surroundings, in our circumstances. That if we have a bad day, we should still feel at peace. That is the peace that cuts through everything. Good, the bad. So God wants us to change God wants to change our heart more than our surroundings. Paul says in Philippians 4.19, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's not riches as in money too. Okay, let us pray. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was short. (laughs) Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Even though we are not faithful at times, even though we allow anxiety and worry to plague our hearts and minds, May you continue to remind us about your constant love and grace. Bless everyone here today, Lord. We thank you for your journey. May we continue to walk together in one accord to glorify you, God. We give you all praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.